Good People, Cool Things is a podcast featuring conversations with entrepreneurs, writers, musicians, and other creatives. Get inspired by their stories to do your own cool thing. And here's your host, Joey Held. Welcome to Good People, Cool Things. Today's guest is Howard H. Prager, author of the book, Make Someone's Day, Becoming a Memorable Leader in Work and Life. Howard is also a public speaker, a columnist, a tuba player. We're getting into a lot of different things here, but the core element is there are so many ways you can make someone's day, and what a fantastic feeling it is, both for the makee, the person whose day is being made, and then for you too. It's so cool to hear someone say that you've made their day, and we're diving into all the different types of ways that you can do it. It's fantastic. And if you're not smiling and feeling great by the end of this episode, I don't know what to tell you because there's a lot of good stuff here. If you'd like to get in touch with Good People Cool Things, you can reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at GPCT Podcast. You can also support the show, leave a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. You just search for Good People Cool Things and there it is. And it's magic. And it's fantastic. Just like this conversation with Howard. To start, for people who maybe aren't familiar with you, can you give us your name and your elevator pitch? But can you also tell us the type of elevator that we're riding on? Oh, I like that. Gee, well, I'm going to invent an elevator as I'm telling this. So my name is Howard H. Prager, and I use the middle initial in part in tribute to my dad and in part because there's actually another Howard Prager out there, and I was trying to differentiate myself from him. So. Who I am is someone who's an author, a speaker, an executive coach, a leadership consultant, a teacher, and uh, an assessor. I do a lot of things. I enjoy it. I enjoy um, all my volunteering and all the various types of work and projects that I do. So I've really spent a career working uh, primarily with adults and doing uh, adult executive education. The other Howard Prager that's out there, have you studied him? Do you know the ins and outs of what he does? Uh, well, he also has had a number of careers. He was a realtor at one point, and then he just started and sold a company having to do with biometrics. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, he's in Denver. Way to go. That's that's funny that <laughs> there's a realtor I angle this isn't exactly the same but there's another person who who apparently has my phone number uh because i will get texts sometimes for this person who was also in real estate i i will not name him but his first name's alan i uh, and oh, okay. the only the way i found out about this was at a, a pet smart i was checking out i was buying dog food and his name popped up as well on the like you know frequent pet perks uh, oh, yeah. membership thing and i said I don't know who that is. Can you delete that person? They were like, no, we cannot. Like he's stuck in the system forever. So I've got to clarify every time I go to PetSmart that no, I am not Alan. Oh, that's too funny. <laughs> so I, I feel your pain there. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about other Howard. We're here to talk about you. Okay. And you have a new book. I Make do. Someone's Day, which is just a fantastic, I think overall just mindset to have for people. So Clearly, you've done a lot. You've made a lot of people's days. When were you like, okay, I need to get this into a book? So I'll tell you the story that really drove that because it is, you're so right, Joey. And, and, and later on, I'd like to share with you like my first make someone's day moments that I realized in my life. So, but this is when, when the idea really dawned on me and said, oh my gosh, what have I been doing all my life? I need to write this up. 
So I was at the train station commuting downtown and early, early one morning, and someone came up with to me with a clipboard, a young woman who said, would you mind signing this petition? And I said, sure, what's it for? She said, we're trying to get someone on the ballot for election. I said, all right, I'm happy to sign. And so I'm signing it, and I asked who it's for. She said, mentioned the name. I said, well, at least I've heard of them, so that's good. Uh, and I gave it back to her. She took the clipboard and looked at me with the biggest of eyes and said, oh, my gosh, you made my day. Now, Joey, I signed the petition. That's all I did. <laughs> It's not like I gave her money or donated or even said I was going to vote for him. I just signed the petition. And those words, uh, you made my day, came back to me. And I could not get them out of my head all day long. The whole train ride down, I was thinking, there is something here. There's something powerful here because not only did I make her day, but I, she made my day when she said that. So I realized this is a powerful, powerful, um, I don't even call it tool, technique, method, whatever you want to call it. It is a powerful, uh, let's call it a method uh, that we all need to use more. And I'll bet many of us use it without even thinking about it. Yeah, I, I was thinking while you were saying that, that I had someone tell me I made their day uh, like two days ago. And for that, it was posting about them on an Instagram story and being like, hey, this person's real cool. And it, it was, yeah, it was so, it, I'm like, I was flattered to read that. I was like, oh, I was just, you know, I was just sharing what you're doing out there, which is awesome. Yes, yes. So it's, it's that simple. It's that easy. And yet for some people, you know, they need to, know a model, they need to see examples, they need to learn how to use it or how it's been, been used. So that's where the book came about. I, I created a model that I call a VIP model because we all want to feel like VIPs, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I called it the VIP model, came up with it, came up, did the research behind it. I decided I better change the stories that people don't want to read about me making someone's day. So I've got a lot of stories about examples. And what's amazing, Joey, is some of the stories I'll be sharing with you and, and our listeners today are, are stories that are not just one-offs. Uh, I've heard them multiple times. For example, um, people have donated kidneys to strangers. They haven't, that's not just making someone's day, that's saving their lives. Uh, remarkable. There, there, there are several examples, as I've researched this, of people who have done just that. And you wonder, what, what's happening? Why is this working? But it is. And, and what happens, as I told you, she made my day too. So I've said, this is a boomerang effect, right? <laughs> So I'm holding up a boomerang right now that I that I found um, because it comes back to you. If you do it for someone, chances are they say you made my day or they at least presented that type of reaction, you feel good as well, just like you did in your story. That's uh, that's the prop work that makes me think maybe I should make this a video podcast. Love the love the boomerang <laughs> being up there. Although I my family went to Australia when I guess I was I, thirteen, so as a as a kid, and I was like, I've got to get a boomerang. Right, got to do it. But there's a few types of boomerangs out there, which was this was unbeknownst to me that 
one of the the hunting ones does not come back to you and that was the one i ended up buying and i was oh so God. distressed to go to the park and i was like ah it's gonna come right back and it just fell like a you know like it was a baseball or something and there was no one oh to no. throw it back and so i was just like ah, i've been i feel like i've been lied to almost by australia for <laughs> for several years but Oh my gosh! Let's like, take the whole country down. Should shall we? Right? <laughs> Let's do it. We're we're on a mission out of TikTok, <laughs> Australia. There's a reason you're down under. It's because your boomerangs don't all come back. So please, Australia, help us find and get the right boomerangs so they do come back to us. Because that's what you're known for. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. They've got a, a reputation to uphold for sure. <laughs> Now, one of the the focuses um, within the book is specifically kind of kindness within the workplace, which, I mean, I feel like I say this every episode, and anywhere you turn, things have obviously been different the past two years. Uh, they were, were pre-pandemic. We've got, Zoom, I mean, I was on a Zoom call today where I'm pretty sure every single person on it was in a different time zone, uh, which I, I was like, oh, that might be a record. There were like, I think five people on it, just all all spread out across the the globe, really. And that, you know, it's harder to like drop by someone's desk and say, you know, a quick kind words or, or whatever the case might be. So what does kindness mean in the workplace, both, I, I guess, like just in general, but also specifically since the pandemic has has kind of shifted the way we work? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And, and I'm going to share that in a couple of ways. So first of all, Kindness in the workplace means just just being recognized, being understood that that um, you know it's it's not just getting the job done; it's how you get the job done. It's how you get appreciated for getting the job done. So, um, for example, I'm gonna let me share with you a, a, a story here, um, just about that, and it really talks about. And, and speaks to how how pe- people and how bosses can really do something for their employees that make a huge difference, and yet it doesn't take much to do. So uh, let me share with you the story of a best boss. So I'd like to talk to you about um, Sam's best boss was at a legal services firm. And his second day on the job, He made a random mistake when he turned in his work, and he realized it almost immediately. Um, But, but, you know, had had already left after he turned in his work and thought all night long, he just worried about it. Oh, my gosh, I made the mistake. So he came in the next morning, and first thing he did was he went to his boss's office and said, I apologize. I'm sorry I made this mistake. You know what the boss said to him? He said, that's not your fault. I believe that people only must get mistakes when their instructions aren't clear. So I think this is my fault, not yours. He had such loyalty to this boss because she did not let him um, take the blame, but she was trying to be supportive of him. And I think that's just such a wonderful way to go about things, right? Um, uh, you know, so so often we worry and we fear and we're looking around our our uh, shoulders and back and making sure that no one's not trying to stab us or sabotage us or anything else. And like, oh my gosh! And and here's a boss who says, "No, it was my fault, not yours." 
Um, that's great. And that gets the type of loyalty because she's, she's saying, you're human. I totally understand this. And that's what I mean by saying we can do this and we need to bring this more to the workforce. When people use this in the workforce, they get more motivated. They increase their productivity because they really enjoy what they're doing and enjoy who they're working for. And in this era of time right now where people are leaving jobs, I just spoke to someone an hour ago and she said 60% of our employees are leaving from a county government position. It's like, oh my gosh, they're the great migration where people are leaving jobs um, either because of a boss or because they don't feel appreciated. Um, and, and certainly some are getting it, leaving for much higher salary. Um, you can't do anything about a much higher salary. I offer much higher salary. I say go, you know, it's, <laughs> can't, can't compete with that. But as far as um, bosses go, as far as being cared about, as far as feeling like you're a vital part of the organization, that we can we can do something about. And if you make someone stay, you can create that type of culture where that happens, where people feel appreciated. Are you finding that more businesses are starting to do this? Or is there kind of a still a little bit of a gap where it's like, hey, let's get going on it? Yeah, I think there's a gap. There's a gap, Joey. I mean, I think the companies that that do this and do this well. You know, we know them, right? There's a grocery chain called Wegmans in the East um, that's known for this. Southwest Airlines is known for being a great place to work. Uh, a shoe company called Zappos. Um, you know, there's like four or five places that everyone knows. Boy, these are awesome places. You know, another one is WD-40. They've got an amazing culture and CEO there. And... Um, and I love uh, love the quote that I have on the cover of my book. It's from um, Fabrizio Perini, who was CEO of Lindt Chocolate in Italy. And he said, just by reading the title, I was inspired to make someone stay a few times that same day. Um, it's people in places like that that make a difference. Very important follow-up question. What is your favorite Lindt chocolate? Oh, my gosh. Ooh. So I like I like the dark chocolate. So they've got those little chocolate squares. So I think the green ones are like seventy percent chocolate. Nice, nice. I How about I'm, you? I think I'm. I don't normally prefer white chocolate, but with theirs, I really like the white chocolate ones, which I am blanking on what color because there's. I always get the variety pack, and right, I do like, too. Yeah, it's That's like a party. Fun. Yeah, and I I want to say it's the yellow ones. I think. Now, gold, I think they're gold. gold. Now, okay, yeah. white with the mint in it? Or just, yes. Oh, oh no, no, no. I, I'm, I don't think I've ever tried the white with the mint in it. But now I think I need to because that yeah, sounds delightful. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be next on the list. Okay. <laughs> uh, that sounds fantastic. And I think this segues nicely, too. You mentioned the quote on the cover. I think the book cover itself, the the design of it is very engaging and i i always say this is a kind of a silly question to ask on an audio only podcast but we've got links to the book so people can people can see the cover but what was that process like because it's a very engaging cover there's several people on it building uh sort of a a staircase uh of success i'm just gonna vaguely call it that but i i think it's i think it's very um 
you know applicable to what the book is about it's it's very eye-catching when you're seeing it in the midst of other titles or while you're scrolling across the screen whatever the case might be so was that was that like what your initial kind of concept for it was or did it sort of evolve over time it, it, it evolved yeah I worked with a graphic artist who just came up with some really cool designs we had five to choose from so i had to try to pare it down and then what we did was uh, i love the fact that my publisher color books does this is we had a choose the ti- choose the cover contest and people they had a week to vote on which cover design they preferred and this one won out for the reasons you said <laughs> were you were you surprised by it or was this also your favorite of the bunch no i was surprised by it Quite frankly, I I was thinking, well, this is an inspirational leadership book. So maybe it needs to be a little more serious, right? And I'm thinking, we have all the serious books we need. So when when, when this one came out, my publisher said, absolutely, that's, that's the best one. I would have recommended it even if it didn't win. I said, all right, I'll trust you and let's, let's go with it. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's, it's so fascinating. What I mean, I'm I'm not a designer by any stretch of the imagination. And a similar thing when I was picking my book cover, I was like, oh, I think that one is like clearly the winner. And then put it similarly like up to a vote. And just the mix of people, they're like, oh, I think that one's the best. And I'm like, that one is my least favorite. But it's just like, you know, things are going to uh, attract people differently. And I think the key is something that is going to make someone stop and and look and i think this cover does that very well oh great thank you nice to hear that yes yes and like like you said like the quote on there too is just yeah hopefully that's not the only person that's happening to and i imagine it's not that other people see it and they're like oh yeah i should make someone's day that's 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 the whole idea that if we can get more people thinking about this and trying to think each day what can I do to make someone's day? And I do think about that every day. It's like, oh my gosh, I've got to make sure that I make someone's day. And sometimes you don't know, right? But right before I came on here, I got a LinkedIn uh, comment from someone who said how much they appreciated the book and they're going to buy it for their colleagues because they think it's so good. So that like, oh my gosh, what a neat thing for someone to say. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. And I imagine that's, I mean, obviously that's a very good sort of uh, marketing word of mouth element as well of getting that. I I like to ask about kind of marketing um, strategies and whatnot that you found have worked well. And I think this is kind of a unique situation because of just the nature of the book itself is almost like a marketing tool of someone, you know, spreading kindness and, and making someone's day. And then they're just like, oh, you know, like... I'm going to kind of, it's almost like a pay it forward type of thing where it just kind of keeps going. It is. Absolutely. The, you know, the difference is it com- comes back to you and you can keep doing it and others can keep doing it to you. So uh, um, I love that. And I would love to see this take off in such a way. Uh, would I like it to be a best-selling book? Sure. What I'd like even more is if people to, took it to heart and did it more often. And so whatever I can do to do that. So I'm thinking, you're hearing it here first. Ooh. I'm thinking of doing something like um, the Ice Bucket Challenge. I want to do the Make Someone's Day Challenge in social media. Um, 
I'm thinking about doing some type of an award program for people who make someone's day, some type of a, a contest. I'm thinking about um, all sorts of ways of how can I make this more um, exciting, relevant, and important to people and to organizations because that's that's where, where it needs to happen. Um, I'll, I'll, I've got several other examples, but let me take a non uh, a non business example, and we'll go back to the business ones too. Can I talk to you about Abraham, who is a twelve year old boy who was diagnosed uh, with a uh, with a rare blood disease, and the only thing that he could do to to uh, overcome it, to beat it, is he needed a bone marrow transplant. Well, this is not one of those sad stories about, oh my gosh, he couldn't find one. He did find one. And I don't know how hard it was, but but it was a successful transplant. And uh, he went through chemotherapy treatment. I think he still may be going through that right now because it was over the course of a year. But he was ill enough that uh, the um, foundation, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, said, you qualify for a wish. What would you like? Now, think about this. Here's fairy godmother coming down. You can get anything you want, right? And some kids, what do you think kids go for? Uh, Playstations and want to go to Disney or I want to meet the uh, Chicago Cubs or, you know, any of those sorts of things. Do you know what Abraham wanted? He wanted to feed the homeless in his community. Oh, wow. This is the first time Make-A-Wish, this is in Jackson, Mississippi. It's the first time in Mississippi Make-A-Wish history that they had a request of someone who wanted to do something for others. So they, they had to work hard to figure out what do we do and how do we do this? And they said, all right, we're going to give you, bring you food for 80 people once a month for a year. And you can set it up and do it however you want. So he set it up, and he decided that he wants it to go on beyond the Make-A-Wish uh, timing. So he has also set up a foundation. He's now 13 years old. And what's his biggest wish? Help others in need. Talk about a make-someone's-day moment, right? Yeah. That's... I wish I was that smart when I was 12 or 13. No, I'm thinking I, I was 13. I was yelling at Australia for boomerangs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I know. Hey, Australia, get your boomerangs right. Oh, that's, a, that's incredible. So, so these stories are, you know, it, you know, it's true experiences, much like you, you experienced. And, uh, you know, the, the, the model helps and, and the stories help. But it really it's creating that culture of kindness, that understanding that we all uh, can benefit when we help one another. That's the idea behind the book. And that's the idea behind all these other things I'm looking to try to do with it. Love it. Well, keep me posted on the social media challenge because I, I, I think will. that sounds great. And oh, thanks. anything to avoid uh, the cold of an ice bucket. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, no, no, no ice, no ice bucket showers needed in this one. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, you're also a tuba player. I am. This is great. Okay, so... My, I, I was trying to think of some of the the songs that I'm familiar with that heavily feature tuba, and really the only one I could come up with is a 
a real deep cut uh, by the Vandals, uh, which is a, a punk rock band who has a song called Play That Country Tuba Cowboy. And it's the tale wow. of a uh, classical tuba player that somehow ends up in, uh, I believe it's a saloon. And everyone there is like, nope, you can't leave. You got to play a country version of, uh, or like, like play your tuba like in a country style. Uh, and so he does and impresses them and, you know, is, is trying to leave. And they're like, nope, you're too good. You got to stick around and come back. And it's, it's very ridiculous. Uh, it cracks me up. I have played it for other people and they're kind of like, what is this? Uh, but I think it's, it's very well done. So my question for you is, do you have a favorite song either to play on the tuba or that, that heavily features the tuba? Wow, that's great. Well, first of all, I've never heard of that. So I'm going to I'm going to have to hear this recording right after we speak yeah, today. Please let me know what you think. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Absolutely. So favorite tuba recording. Well, well, so you're talking a tuba player, right? You're also talking to a jazz musician. So I've got favorite tuba players. Um the Chicago Symphony for years uh has had um outstanding some of the best tuba players in the world. Um, Arnold Jacobs uh, was the one in, in who I grew up with and took some lessons with. Right now, it's Gene Picorni, who's been there for, I don't know, it's 20, 25 years and has done a just remarkable job uh, as an amazing tuba player. And he has a favorite tuba player, too, who's a jazz tuba player. And I love jazz. So jazz tuba players are near and dear to my heart. Um, there was one who just uh, passed away last year by the name of Howard Johnson. Who isn't like a guy named Howard, right? It's got to be the guy. Uh, but he was on, you, you wouldn't know him, but you'd have seen him on Saturday Night Live. He was in the Saturday Night Live band for years. Okay, so might have might have spotted him during a, a monologue or two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, look forward to your feedback on this. It's a, it's a pretty ridiculous song, but I... It, it, it's very unlike a lot of things I've heard. So I was like, all right, give it a, give it a shout out. So he's good. <laughs> That's great. Well, I love playing tuba and any, any chance I get. Uh, I've played like five times in the past week, a couple of rehearsals. And I played with a, a basketball band at Northwestern. I played a Mardi Gras gig. And um, what was the fifth thing I played? Um, I played uh, uh, yeah, another concert. So, you know. Whatever it takes, I'll play. <laughs> I'm a tuba player. We can't be fussy. It's <laughs> a good, it's a good motto for life. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. Fussy. Yeah. <laughs> well, tuba players may hate me for saying that, but you know, it's, it's true. We can't be fussy. We're only going to play classical. We're going to have very few opportunities. If we're going to play more music, um, that gives us a little bit more. But you know. You've got a string bass and an electric bass, which, uh, you know, they think it's all about the bass. And I say it's all about the tuba. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember in uh, elementary school, when we were picking our, our instruments that we wanted to play. I was like, trumpet's going to be my first choice. Saxophone's going to be my second choice. Couldn't play either of them a lick and ended up choosing clarinet because a couple of my friends did. I also couldn't play the clarinet when I first started. So I'd like to think that if I gave a brass instrument a try again now that perhaps i could do it uh, but that might be a little too optimistic i'll stick with i found a nice niche with guitar now i'll stick with that okay all right well if you ever want a tuba lesson give me a call i will i will i'll have to see if i can 
find a tuba. Uh, but I mean, Austin's a big music scene, so surely, surely they exist out there. <laughs> Absolutely, it's got to exist in Austin. Now, one other thing, talking about making people's day, we obviously both have Chicago ties. The Cubs winning the World Series in 2016. Do you remember where you were, what you were doing, how you celebrated? I I, I was here. My father-in-law was here, um, and and my wife and I, and we just went crazy. <laughs> and it was after midnight Chicago time, I believe, because there was that like twenty-minute rain delay as it went to extra innings. And oh my, and you know, wondering what are they going to do? Got to pull this off because they were ahead and they they lost the lead and stuff. When um, I, I can't remember who who it was. Was it Raldus Chapman who gave up the lead? But whatever it was, um, it's like we can't lose this game. We've got to win it. And uh, sure enough, it was it was euphoria. Yeah, it was. There's so many weird things in that game too. I the the one I remember that yes. I was just like, oh, this would happen. Uh, it was the wild pitch that resulted in two runs. Uh, oh. I guess it was more of a passed ball kind of wild. I don't know. It was a hybrid of both. But I was just like, what are the odds that two people score just from like a bad pitch? Right, right. I know. Uh, but yes, it was it was euphoria. I was in a, I was down here in Austin, but in a Chicago themed bar. But then during the rain delay, they were reporting like, oh, this is going to take a super long time. And so I was kind of like, you know, it was Sunday night. I'm like, I, I know I have work. Right. I'm like, should I just go back home? And then you know, watch it, watch it there. And I made that decision and did it. And then of course the game started like right when I got in my car. So I was listening on the radio when oh the Cubs went ahead and I was like, thankfully we're in the internet age. So I was able to watch what happened immediately. And I was recording it at home. So I just got on and like rewound it, but yeah, it yes. was, uh, it was just, yeah, I was just like going, I'm like yelling out my car window. I'm sure people were like, what is that man doing? But it was very exciting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. I just um, texted Pat Hughes hallelujah uh, last night after the baseball lockout finally ended. Yes, very, very exciting. One of my, uh, I say half-baked, but I'm probably halfway there already, is to visit all the uh, Major League Baseball stadiums. And obviously Wrigley, one of the, the best, if not the best one out there. And it's been it's been fun to see some of the other stadiums and and interact with fan bases and all that so would highly recommend for for any uh, baseball fans out there (laughs) that's great you just have to keep going to the new ones as they open up i know that's part of the (laughs) part of the uh, i don't know not really an issue just part of the challenge i like i went to school in miami and they since i graduated have opened up a new stadium that i believe has a pool so i would have to have to go during the hot summers of Miami instead of just the pretty hot springs. Yes. All right. Well, Howard, you're almost off the hook here, but we always like to wrap up with a top three, three ways you can make someone's day. You know, I'm going to start with the number one thing everyone who's listening can do as soon as, as soon as we're finished, like don't wait, thank someone who's made your life. It could be a boss, it could be a spouse, it could be a parent, it could be a teacher, it could be a colleague, it could be an aunt and uncle, it could be from 50 years ago. There's no statute of limitations on saying thank you. And all there is is great um, appreciation and um, for the acknowledgement. So do that as soon as you're done listening. 
think about whose day you want to make by thanking them for helping to make your life. They will appreciate it, and you'll feel good for having to been able to say that. So that's the first thing I would say. One of my the the top one. The second one is keep a song in your heart. And so, of course, I keep a tuba in my my office, but you can keep a song in your heart. You <laughs> Hopefully, a not a tuba office. in the heart. That would be that's right. A little, little pamphlet. Yeah. The heart would be a little heavy, right? <laughs> <laughs> But keep a song in your heart because we need to feel the the joy of life, especially when there's so many things pulling us down. Let, let's keep up and keep positive. And I think music is such a way of lifting people up as well. So I would say that would be the number two thing. Um, and the, the third thing is absolutely the mantra um, that, you know, to the mantra of being able to Make someone's day uh, whenever you can to live your mantra that I'm going to do what I can for others because I know it's going to come back to me somewhere along the line. And in the meantime, it's going to come back to me because I'm going to feel good when they tell me that I made their day. So make this a mantra. Find ways to be able to do it. It can be small ways. You know, I start in the book with the smallest of ways to make someone's day a smile. That's all you need in some cases. It's just very much uh, one size does not fit all. It's independent based on what a person may need at that time. But it's amazing how often a smile is something that we all need. So, so do something to keep make someone's day in your heart, on your mind, and in your life. Thanks, Joey. Love it. The top three ways to make someone's day. It's so so easy. So easy to do. Now, if people want to learn more about you, pick up a copy of the book, where can they go? Best place to go is my website, Howard H. Prager. Remember that middle initial, Howard H. Prager, P-R-A-G-E-R.com. And if they go to my website and they sign up for my newsletter, which I've got to get going again, um, they'll be able to get both a free chapter of the book and they'll be able to get uh, some checklists that they can use to monitor their practice. And so we can all learn to get better making someone's day. So I've got several forms there that you can download for free and you can use. So the website, howardhprager.com, just sign up and, and take advantage of those free resources and then share your stories with me. As you find them, Joey, you shared yours today. If others who are listening would share your stories with me, we can all learn, we can all grow, we can all give back. Because even at the hardest of times, even at the most challenging of times and crises, and my gosh, are we facing those today? Uh, there's always opportunities to make someone's day. And I'll just leave with, if you look at the Polish border right now, the things that they have done to welcome those fleeing Ukraine is just amazing. Amazing. Everything from coats to baby strollers to food is all there for people as they're trying to flee and, 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 and save their lives. So make someone's day should just be a part of all of our lives. And it's been a joy talking to you about that today. Likewise, Howard, thank you so much for, for hopping on the podcast. We're going to wrap up and then we're going to go make some, some more people's day. Great. And of course, we've got to end with a corny joke as we 
always do. And I think actually it comes out very nicely and topical since we were just talking about baseball. But why is a baseball stadium always cold? Hmm. Why is a baseball game stadium always cold, Joey? It's full of fans. Ooh, Get after it today, people. But I'm bummed. Good People, Cool Things is produced in Austin, Texas. If you were a fan of this episode, go ahead and hit that follow button. That helps more people hear the show. You can send me a message, joey at goodpeoplecoolthings.com. Thank you to all of the guests who have been on Good People, Cool Things. You can check out all the old episodes via goodpeoplecoolthings.com. As always, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 